Hey guys, welcome back to Celebrate the Struggle. I am your host, Jennifer Hobbs, and I have the pleasure of being with a fellow Air Force veteran today and author, Doug Berry. Welcome, Doug. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me on here today. I'm so grateful to have you in here. It's so exciting to meet a fellow veteran, but then a fellow veteran turned author. Have you always liked writing? Uh, no, that's a, that's a quite a good little story. I haven't really thought about writing. Uh, when my kids were growing up, I read them children's books all the time. And uh, as I progressed, I'm thinking to myself, it's like, I could probably write a children's book. But I never really had a, had a storyline that I didn't think had already been done or been done to you know, ad nauseum. Right. Uh, and then when my son uh, caught that rabbit in the backyard, it's like, ooh, there's the story. We brought him in the house for a night and let him go the next day. And I couldn't help but think of what the uh, rabbit's perspective was. So I had my story finally. And so wow. I finally, you hmm. said, so your son caught him? Yeah, my son caught a baby rabbit in the backyard, brought it into the house for the night and actually named it Jasper. So that's where some of that information from the book came from. Awesome. And I love that you told the story from the bunny's perspective. That's such a cool way to look at it. So like, when was that? Was that um, after your, how many years were you in the Air Force? Yeah, that was a long time. Uh, I was in 20 years. Uh, Did the full pool, as I like to call it, from 1985 to 2006. Okay. And he was about, 10 years old when he caught the baby rabbit. He is now currently 24 years old. So it's been a, a stretch. There's been a little bit of time between the two. Uh, multiple publishers telling me no. And then eventually somebody told me yes. And we ran with it from there. So you wrote the book while you were still in the military. It would have been close. I'm not good at, uh, like CJ said the other day, I'm not good at public math, so I'm not going to try, but it's, it was real close. If it wasn't while I was still in, it was right after I got out. Yeah. I'm not good at math either. I'm not good at time zones, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about like you, where you come from, just kind of your story, what led you to joining the Air Force sure. and, and what got you to where you are now and what's going on with you. Sure. Yeah, the uh, the bio goes, uh, was born in New Jersey. Uh, we stayed in New Jersey as kind of a concrete, not quite a concrete jungle, but it was getting there. Uh, we left in 1979 to move to Maryland. Now, my dad was an insurance salesman in New Jersey. We decided we were going to move to Maryland and be poultry farmers. So as I told others, it's like we were, were reality TV before reality TV because we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> and it was quite a learning curve. But we made it. Uh, Dad turned out to be a pretty good poultry farmer, so it worked out well. Uh, and then that was 1979. Uh, 1985, at the end of 1985 in December, I joined the Air Force and uh, was trained on the uh, weapon systems specialist, armament system specialist on the A-10 and F-16 aircraft. And uh, we moved to Davis Mothin, Arizona for four years, which I absolutely loved. Didn't want to leave, but had to do that obligatory tour to uh, South Korea for a year. And when I came back from there, I spent the remaining 15 years of my Air Force career at Shaw Air Force Base, which is an acronym for stay here a while. And I believe that to be true, because I certainly did. Where's that at? Uh, uh, It's uh, South Carolina, Columbia, Sumter, South Carolina. Uh, 
after I retired, we moved uh, just up the road a little bit. I wanted to stay kind of close to the Air Force Base in case we needed it, but without having the jets on a daily basis. So we retired here in Camden, South Carolina. It's a nice little old town. Only has a population of about 6,000 people, I think. So. Oh, nice. Not too, not too nice. big. So what you got going on nowadays? I know, you know, you've wrote two books. Can you kind of fill in the listeners and those watching this uh, where they, what the names, well, I'll, we'll put them in the show notes as well, but yeah. are both of them told from the perspective of Jasper the rabbit? Pretty much. Yeah. They follow Jasper's adventures. I mean, I've got a, I can do a quick little. Yeah, please do. There's the first one. That's uh uh-huh. That's uh, the night I spent at people house. And is and that kind of based on is that kind of based on the night that you caught the rabbit? Very loosely, very loosely based on the night uh, that we caught the rabbit. Um indulged a little bit on the story. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh yeah, that's what started it all. So there's that one, and then the newest one is this one right here, and that's a day at the beach with Jasper and friends. Had no intention in writing that one uh, because I'm the kind of guy that just likes to do stuff because he's never done it before, doesn't know how to do it, and he's, I just see it as a challenge. So I just put myself out there. So I wrote the first book, and I thought, oh, that'll be fun. It'll be one and done, a nice little story for the family, you know, more so than anything else. Got it published and everything, and that was pretty cool. And then it, as I say, it, it, it took off. It didn't really take off. It wasn't a number one bestseller or anything crazy like that, but I sold uh, probably anywhere between three and 600 copies. Nice. And uh, people started asking me, uh, well, what's, what are you going to do next? Where's he going to go next? Are you going to write another book? And I'm like, well, I didn't intend on it. I really thought it was just going to be one and done. Uh, but we like to take vacations at the beach. Uh, so I figured, well, Jasper can go to the beach. He's probably never been to a beach before. So we'll tell the stories uh, from that perspective of uh, some woodland animals who you wouldn't typically find at the beach, uh, are going to go on a vacation to the beach. And let's see if I can find a page in here just real super quick, because I'm from Maryland, which is Assateague and Chincoteague, Virginia, where there are actually ponies on the beach, wild ponies. So I did include the wild ponies. I don't know if you can see it real well. Yeah. I included yeah. the wild ponies in our story. Wild ponies on the beach. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, Assateague and Chincoteague, Virginia, yeah. So have so you ever asked your readers? That's super cool. Um, I got a couple questions. Let me try and keep my head straight. My first question is, are you are you self-published? I'm published through Fulton Publishing and they distribute through Ingram's content. Okay. And did you do your illustrations? I did. I can't draw a stick man to save my life. Me uh, neither. Fulton. Colton was great. They gave me 10 illustrators to choose from. And I knew I wanted to keep it simple because I knew my audience was going to be like infant to four or five years old kids just beginning to read. And I didn't want to get all stuck in the weeds with a bunch of detail yeah. and stuff. I just wanted to be clean images that they could really relate to. And uh, she nailed it real well. And uh, that's one of the, it's one of the big things that folks mentioned the most. They just, they think the illustrations are just great. So score. Yeah, job well done. I told her when uh, we were doing this, it's like, God, you know, I gave her a picture. The image of Jasper is actually our pet rabbit. We had a, a pet rabbit that looked like Jasper. 
And I said, he just has to be the cutest rabbit you ever saw. You know, the rest of the book we'll, we'll figure out. But that rabbit has just got to just grab you from the moment you see him. <laughs> and uh, she seems to achieve that goal. So is your pet rabbit, um, the one that you based the book on, is that the one that was caught in your backyard? No, we let him go the next day. Uh, my dad told me you can't really domesticate a wild rabbit. He actually, after the chickens uh, dried up, he raised rabbits for a little while. And yeah. uh, so we let him go and we bought a, uh, we bought my son a pet rabbit. Okay. And his name was actually, his name was actually Digger because he tried to dig a hole in the bottom of the cardboard box on the way home from the store. So we called him <laughs> My other question uh, I was thinking away, of, um, have you ever asked your readers or your audience, like, where would you like to see Jasper go next? Throughout the uh, family and some on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Um, there's, I know where he's probably going to go next because I got it written about a third of the way. Kind of taking the back burner a little bit. Yeah. It's, he's going to go to the farm. He's nice. going to go to a farm with his little woodland friends and they're going to feed some animals and plant some crops. And my dad's idea of having a little uh, corn maze in there for the kids to follow through and they can pick up corn on the way to go feed the chickens. We're probably going to work that into it. Neat. Yeah, That's I feel good. like uh, when I had originally, um, probably like a year ago, I had put, because I really want to do a children's series um, and I had put the question out there on social media asking people about some ideas and holy moly people had amazing ideas that I wrote down and kept with me so that's why I asked that so yeah. there's so, another one one of the family members wants him to go down to Louisiana because they're in Louisiana like Jasper has to come down to Louisiana and visit the swamp so I'm like well maybe I can work that in we'll see mm -hmm. we'll see if there's going to be a book four and five book three probably in a year or two but we don't know about four and five yet so what are you, what do your day, you're retired now. Thank you so much for your service. What do your days look yeah. like now um, as you are now a published author? But as I know, we're, we're, you know, working on making this dream continue. So what do your days look like now? Yeah, it's, uh, after the Air Force, I joined, uh, or I was hired on with the Ram Automotive as a daily business manager and I worked there for 13 years. Uh, then I moved to Lowe's. I thought that would be a neat thing to do as a department supervisor for three years. Uh, really got burned out from that quick. That's a, That was a lot of, uh, I don't mean to talk bad about anybody by any means, but there, there was micromanagement coming down from corporate. And that just uh -huh. kind of grinds on your nerves a little bit. And it's like, I had to get out of that. So now it's almost going full circle. I'm working back down at Shaw Air Force Base in the, logist in the uh, lodging department. Um, I'm a uh, supply technician for lodging, so just moving around a bunch of linen and you know hair shampoos and stuff through the lodging, the hotel, if you will, for folks who aren't familiar with that, uh, that's on base. And uh, that's working out real well for me. Nice low stress job, kind of rolling and easing the retirement with. And so you really did stay, stay here for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I really did. Uh, <laughs> so it's a little bit more of a drive. Lowe's was right around the corner, and it was a hard decision to make to leave them, but uh, I think I made the right one. Yeah. So did you have family in the Air Force? What led you to join the Air Force? Um, no, I didn't. Um, 
a lot of family members have served in the military mm-hmm. in my past. Uh, I got out of high school, and uh, that was 1982. I got out of high school, and even then, I, you know, 20 year olds aren't typically all that smart. But even <laughs> <laughs> what? I have no idea. <laughs> even then, uh, I was looking around and seeing the way the uh, things were going and, and companies weren't given 20 year retirements quite like they used to. And uh, I was really big in the automotive and it was, it came down to either going to North Carolina and I was big in the NASCAR and there's a little bit of that story too. We can get into in a little bit. And it was either go to North Carolina and try to make it on a NASCAR team or join the air force. And uh, the air force just had a lot going for it. It was a very secure environment. Unlike going to a, North Carolina and, and hoping for the best. Uh, so I chose the Air Force, and I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it led me did a lot of neat things in the Air Force. Obviously, you do stuff you would just not typically get an opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while I was in, I did go to Saudi Arabia twice and Kuwait twice. Uh, those were experiences of themselves there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Air Force eventually led me to be able to achieve my uh, dream of working in racing as well. I, I uh, after much work, uh, got a job as a volunteer and sometimes paid mechanic at Rich Woodland Racing. So uh, wow. I got to see some cool stuff there too. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. So you got to make both of your dreams there come true that you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I love that it was like NASCAR or the Air Force. Hmm. It's like totally different, but I love it. So how was the transition? Um, How how was the trans? I I always like to ask people and know more about everyone's transition from the military. Was that smooth for you, or was it was uh, challenging? It would. It was smoother than I anticipated, but I don't want to make it sound like it was smooth because it really wasn't. I started looking for work about six months out before I was retired and everybody at work thought I was crazy. You know, like you're not even out of the airport yet. Why in the world are you looking for work six months out? And uh, I said, well, I don't intend it to be easy. And uh, it wasn't And just a a quick note is uh, one of the guys I served with uh, got out as a chief master sergeant. And uh, I ran into him down at Myrtle beach. We, we made plans to go down there and, and camp. And uh, his story was, as a chief master sergeant, nobody wanted to hire him either. Uh, they, quite frankly, uh, at the TAPS briefings, they inflate your ego saying, corporate America can't wait for you folks to get out mm-hmm. into the workforce. And they're just snatching you up like crazy. And the reality is, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're not snatching you up. It's, it's, you gotta, it's a grind. You got to just, you got to be present. You can't give up. You just got to keep digging. And my first job was uh, was uh, a store manager in Jiffy Lube, uh, which didn't work out at all well. I think I was there for a total of three months. It felt like three years. It was uh, six hour, or it was six days a week, uh, twelve hour days for the store manager. And you want to talk about getting burnt out in a hurry? Goodness gracious, that was crazy. So, luckily, uh, Ram came along and they hired me on. And that was not quite as crazy. That was nine to five, five days a week. Or, yeah, nine to five, five days a week. And uh, 
a little bit. Got to see some neat stuff too. They they built performance racing clutches for uh, street cars and also did some drag racing stuff. So mm. got to see some uh, some neat stuff there and run into interesting people and go to what they called the uh, professional racing industry trade show, the PRI show down in Orlando, and then they moved it up to Indianapolis. So I got was, to do some stuff there. That was super smart that you started looking for employment six months out even though everyone's thinking you're crazy i feel like that's definitely a something that other people can learn and need to take with them and understand that that is super important and i love that you mentioned you know that everyone especially the military leads you to believe that you're such a valuable asset coming with these skills from the military when really it doesn't exactly look like that once you get out i like that you bring that up that is something that i haven't really had conversations with about people but that really is the case i think i'm starting to see more now that there are some companies that do very much value that but you don't see that often sorry what were you going to say no no, I was going to say, I always make the joke. It's like, you know, in the Air Force, I was trained to put bombs on airplanes. And in the civilian world, they're typically trying to keep them off of the airplane. So <laughs> much <calmer laughs> for my skill set. <laughs> so what are, what is your hopes and dreams from here? What do you hope to continue make happen with uh, the things you got going on? And, you know, like you go from, Air Force, NASCAR, author, like what else are we going to expect? Are you going to be an astronaut? (laughs) I would certainly (laughs) sign up for it if they called me, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, My brother, uh, he passed away a a couple years ago from cancer, but he used to call me an adrenaline junkie. And it's like, no, I'm not, I don't see myself quite so much like that. I don't feel I have any need to jump out of an airplane or anything like that. He's like, yeah, but you went over the wall at NASCAR. It's like, well that's you know that was a little bit of a adrenaline rush um but uh the future what the future holds uh gonna ride this book thing out and uh i mean if the opportunity's there the write five books i'll write five books uh right at this point i'm starting to look at it as uh, a nice padding for retirement right uh always nice to have some extra income coming in um but yeah that's that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, you've you've got you've got things you'd like to see happen with the book. I really do want to get it stocked in stores. I think that would be life altering yeah. financially for me if that would happen. Yes, and, uh, there's I want the other, same thing, Doug. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm finding out that that is a uh, like I was talking to CJ. That a lot of folks hold that information close to the vest, and uh, I kind of got ahead of out over my skis a little bit with the book because I didn't know what I was doing. And then I published a book and now I'm trying to take a couple steps back and, and try to figure out how to move forward with it, which is uh, interesting. I'm learning a lot. Uh, and uh, right now it's to get it in stores. And, and like I was telling her, the, uh, the advice I would give someone who's thinking about this is go to a store and uh, look at the books that are in the genre that you're writing and look on the back and see what publishers that store is currently carrying. Because in my head anyway, they've already got a, a conduit or they're used to working mm-hmm. with that publisher to put their books in the store. So I, I can't guarantee that that's going to be a, 
a good move, but I, I don't see how it could be a bad move either. I think yeah. it's definitely placing yourself in the right spot. That is good um, advice. And, and something someone else had mentioned recently, um, either on social media or in a conversation, they were saying, you know, like for any of your readers or your audience that have already read your stories about Jasper and have enjoyed them, reaching out to bookstores and saying like, hey, you should really get this on your on your shelves. You know, I don't know how far that will go and whether they'll even, you know, consider it. But if you have enough people that go to these stores and say that, even if it's just a handful, um, there's something to be said about that. You know, if I was working at a store and five different people came in asking about the same book, then, you know, I might look into it. So that's something for readers of your books or anyone's books like something to do to help um get get those stories out to the masses quicker yeah now barnes and noble does have a local author section Uh, you can take your book into your local barnes and noble and they have a local author section and uh, i've got i've got the first book at least in the local barnes and noble here so that's another little hunk information i didn't even know that yeah I'm glad you so that's said one that. Barnes and Noble. Now it's my books are available everywhere online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Target, Walmart, everywhere online. Yep. They're everywhere. Uh, but uh, so you kind of got to just take that little, kind of just work at it. I mean, that's, I'm curious if I can abuse that local author in Barnes and Noble a little bit more, like go back up to Maryland where, I'm, you know, where we had the chicken farm and just say, hey, I'm kind of a yeah. local author and uh see if i can't get it up there as well and uh work that angle as much as i can that's good advice i'm learning stuff from you today (laughs) so other than writing because i love to write too what other things do you do for doug and your self-care and just to kind of bring yourself back to being more mindful and enjoying life just kind of self-care to take care of you and not always just be giving yourself to everyone and everything around you. Yeah. I, uh, and uh, I'll address this just because I know other military guys deal with it. I, I is probably as well as just about everybody that's ever been in the military had an alcohol problem that I had to beat. And, uh, I did that in South Korea. Um, I beat it there, turned my life over to Jesus. Uh, and uh, life's been good, but you have to, uh, and I did uh, with my kids, I let them know when, I, when they were teenagers, it's like, uh, don't bring any drama. I, I don't, I'm not going to do any drama. I'm not going to talk about who did what to who. It's just not, you just got to swear it off and just not get involved or get caught in the weeds with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going somewhere with that and I lost my train of thought. Um, Oh, and most recently with the uh, change in jobs, uh, your sanity is worth something. Uh, don't get caught in a job that's just going to absolutely burn you out and wear you out. And you just can't stand going to work every day. If you're in that situation, you got to get out of it. <clears throat> I took a pay cut uh, when I left Ram to go to Lowe's. I took a pay cut when I left Lowe's and started working at uh, the Air Force Base. Uh, but I honestly don't notice the lack of money because my frame of mind is just so much clearer and so much better now without dealing with all that garbage. I was, I thought I had to deal with, I thought I had to work that hard. And, uh, 
I, I, I really don't. It's, it was just eating you from the inside out. It's just, it's not worth it. Your, your sanity is, is worth dollar bills and a paycheck. Don't, don't get wrapped around the Absolutely. trying to make as much money as you can. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good hunk of info for folks. Absolutely. Hmm. You know, I would like to see Jasper in a NASCAR car. Yeah, I've kind of thought about that a little bit. I try to keep it natural settings, but I mean, you know, as, as I stretch it out a little bit, just, you know, come up with other ideas, maybe something like that. Because, you know, being in the military, it's like it, maybe he hops onto an Air Force base and just observes what's right. going on in the Air Force base. For a right. Or, uh, my mind went or, earlier. Uh, my mind earlier went to, I'm sure I could just go a whole bunch of different directions and i'll stop so i don't but like i thought of him jumping into your bag and like being on you know a jet by accident and seeing like yeah. peeking out of the bag anyways uh i will not start going all these different directions with jasper in my mind but thank you so much for coming on to share that with us for those of you listening and watching this we will have everything ab about doug and his books in the show notes so check it out help him to get this out there by sharing it with other people and it's always it's always fun to bring new books to the to the forefront with your kids you know and so when those books aren't in the um library and they haven't ever heard about jasper what a great book to be able to read to them and then share with other people so thanks for sharing that with us we look forward to seeing where jasper goes from here oh, or no where problem. where your it. other writing goes <laughs> do you no do you problem. want to write yeah. other other genres or no yeah i don't really have a i, I read a lot of science fiction as a kid growing up uh so, I mean, there's always, you know, you think it's like, oh, that, that would be cool, but I, I just don't see myself getting into a novel kind of thing. It just sure. it started out as kind of a hobby and I kind of would like to just kind of keep it as a hobby. And, you know, if it, if it offsets my retirement a little bit, makes life a little bit easier. Well, sure. Why not? Yeah. And I, before I bid you farewell, I've got to reiterate again and tell you that I absolutely love that here you like had this dream to write a book and it was, and you're just waiting on the idea and then catching the rabbit was the thing that. That was it. Yeah. We got to have an open mind, you know, and, and see those kinds of opportunities. And I think that's something good to send out to the world to always have an open mm -hmm. mind and and be aware of those opportunities when they come your way. Yep, uh, you uh, definitely make your own opportunities in life. You can't sit around waiting for it to knock on your door, you know, the opportunity knocks kind of thing. Yeah, that doesn't work out. You got to make your own opportunities and then you got to leverage them when you make them. So that's mm -hmm. pretty much my mindset, yeah. You've definitely made that happen. NASCAR, Air Force, drag racing, you know, I know, you know, you said you didn't go into NASCAR, but you did end up becoming a mechanic and all of that. Yeah, so what a my great first race was it. Opportunity. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Your first race. What? I was going to say my first race I went to was in Dover, Delaware. My, my one NASCAR race that I actually worked uh, for Stanton Barrett uh, was full circle. I worked a NASCAR race as a Winston Cup mechanic at Dover, uh, Dover uh, Raceway. 
So it kind of went full circle for me from the first time I saw racers at Dover and the last time I worked at racers at Dover. So that was kind of cool. Interesting. Okay. I guess I should ask you before we, and I'll put it in the show notes, but how can people come find you and find out more information about Doug? How could they follow you on social media? Sure. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I think it's uh, Warthog462. That's kind of a throwback to my Air Force days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jasper has his own Facebook page. At, uh, I think it's uh, Jasper and Friends is the name of the Facebook page. Um, and we have a web page, uh, www.jasper-n-friends.com. Uh, so there's some stuff there. There's a game page. You can print out some, some uh, coloring pages and color them. And there's some word searches on there different photos oh, of that's uh, awesome. Jasper out and about. What? That's and crazy also have cool. A, yeah, we also have a, a Zazzle. I don't know if you're familiar with that company. Uh, Zazzle.com. There's a uh, Jasper uh, storefront there where you can pick up some uh, Jasper cups and uh, Jasper onesie and Jasper blankets and Jasper pillows. And what? That, that is awesome. I'm so glad I asked <laughs> you that so we can find out more information about that. Super cool. Well, good luck with everything. I'm so grateful that you came on here today and shared all that with us. We'll put everything in the show notes, folks, so make sure to check it out so we can support our fellow veteran and um, help just be a part of your journey. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's been fun so far, for sure. Well, I'll stay in touch and maybe we'll have you back on here after your fifth book. <laughs> that would be fine. Ciao. All right, take care.